Hey everybody, my name is Alex and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. Thanks to everybody who listened to, to my last episode, if, if you trust me enough to listen to my last episode. And you didn't, and you're like, you're like what was... I, I listen to this, 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 seems, this seems bad. bad. I, I don't trust him enough to listen to this episode. Sight unseen without a title of a thing in the, the thing. And the reason why I did that was because if you haven't listened to it on... Um, um, Spoiler alert! If you still want to go listen to it? Listen to it. The it's the episode. It's the last last day episode in the feed. I mean, it's the thing that's it's the last thing that's that's not labeled Sunday edition in the feed. And that was about um the Netflix like the original limited run series Queen's Gambit, which once again spoiler alert for Queen's Gambit. That thing's just a sports anime, and you want to believe otherwise. So it kind of kind of kicked off this thing that I intended to be just Sunday editions, but I find it really fascinating. Thing, so I'm gonna kind of do it for a couple episodes because this week we talking about a little little gem from 2000 and when did it come out? Oh, IMDb, you're killing me here. Um. It came out in, in it came out in the last couple of years. It came out in two, 2015 actually, and and that that's not a couple years ago. It's five years ago, but it came out in 2015, and it is a little thing called Jupiter Rising. Before we before we get into this movie um proper the the thing that I want to say is first this is a basically live action live action pick movie and second is that it is by the the Wachowskis now um the Wachowski brothers back when they um back when they filmed Matrix now the Wachowski sisters have four. Decades and change, change made no so secret of their like love of anime and their their like willingness to elevate anime fandom into their in, into the form of of their major motion motion picture releases. And Wachowski's have always cribbed from anime. Like if you have wide enough range of knowledge of, of anime watching their movies is like watching it, it, it is like watching like oh they borrowed this this from they borrowed that from this, this got that they ripped this scene on you know, whole hog um or, if, or this whole movie is based on a concept from an anime aka the Matrix. If you didn't know, the Matrix, the conceptual framework of the Matrix is based off of the cons behind Ghost in the, the Ghost in the Shell universe, and um, so that's a huge part of the reason why the Wachowski are constantly brought up in conversations about. Anime, anime being like going mainstream and all the other stuff. The other reason why, because 
One of the reasons is that stuff is often produced in, in animated form rather than being produced in live action action because the amount of money that, that um it would require to make a live action version of, of a thing many times it's just prohibitive. Um if you look at uh who's the director of um who's the director of Ghost in the Shell? Um if you look at, at um if you look at Ghost if if you're the director of Ghost Ghost in the Shell live action, action movie of there are a couple, a couple Avalon being one um, they all share this problem in that the scope of the idea out, outpaces the, the budget afforded to the film pretty quickly. And what I mean by that is, um, like Avalon, the, the idea is like, it's, Avalon is a, a just standard... Die in the trapped in a, in a big game, die in the game, die in real life kind of scenario. But it doesn't. It, it's all these tr tricks trying to get you to buy, buy into the world that really just look like, oh, sorry, dude, you didn't have the budget for that. Um, and, and a lot of that because. There is so much stuff produced in, like, Japanese entertainment sphere in terms of, like, like scripted shows and movies. And not a whole lot of them can get a, a huge budget. Um, even when they do, they just have a diff different way of interpreting, of using the tools that looks and feels different. Uh, a huge, probably in normal budget. Um, Live action sci-fi movie with serious MA street cred behind it is Shin Godzilla. And Shin Godzilla is a weird kind of what property because it involves the like, like dudes in rubber suits and kaiju things. It involves a lot of like building of models and shooting at micro and like micro scale to make stuff look look big. And they, and they absolutely did a lot of that in Shin Godzilla, but they're really careful to make it all fit together so it didn't feel like it didn't feel like it, it felt, felt like like an artist choice, not, not like a budget choice. And a lot of that is um what's his face? I'm really bad with names today. Um a lot of that is um, um Hideki Anno is like Hideki on what Hideki Anno is always bringing, and he's saying like, no, no, do like this, to um, to make it to make it fit perfectly. I, I, so one of the things has held back for years the the Akira live action film, and the same thing is true of the Ghost in the Shell live action film. Is the sheer amount of like effects work of like one to one matching you would need to need to do to create a live action version of Akira that that would fucking worse a theater theater release <laughs> even before COVID, but like to, to go see it in theaters is 
uh, unimaginably expensive. It, it's insanely expensive. And then tack on to that the cost of A-list actors or and A-list actresses and the insurance that goes along with them. And, and you are spending hundreds of billions of dollars hope for a very, for a, like, expensive experimental art, art piece, basically. And if you look at it, um, those and I'll get to why I'm talking about this in a second. If you look at what the live-action Ghost in the Shell is, live-action Ghost in the Shell, it's not a good, good movie. It, and I've talked talk on this podcast before, you can probably go find it in the, um, in the... <laughs> I think I actually, I think I actually totally talked it with Danny, my cousin, <laughs> and I had I had to like, hold, I had to, to like digitally hold him as he freaked out about that movie because he's just like, just made no sense. Why is this in here? I'm like Danny, you gotta understand. And a, a section, a specific, a specific section of this TV series. Applied this way, it makes no sense. Don't worry about it. And he's like, nah. But um, and that that was a ton of fun because Danny, Danny, Danny I I think, still forgiven me for pumping through that mo- that movie. But the the thing is that the that movie was that movie was doomed. A that off oftentimes. Anime may move are doomed in the same way that video game movies are doomed. Because the less less realistic that you require things to look, the more the more you can, can do it. So I'm I'm watching um golden I'm finally watching Golden Comedy like I've it got it's up to me and I'm going for it the time I've tried to watch it at least one other time and just like. I, I drop my view for, for whatever reason. And they, there's so much cool historical stuff, and there's like so many cool fights, and there's, there's so cool characters in that. To cast the movie out, out would be a nightmare. They would spend like 10 hours on Sugimoto's fucking scars. And, but because you can do it in animation, uh, animation, animation at any level is not, not cheap, but it is it is sometimes cheaper than the scope of money that you would start spending as soon as you started even even production on a, a action variant. Um, that doesn't mean get made. Uh, Veronica Kenshin has like four episode limited run special that is everything. I think I've seen like two episodes of it. I'm like, this is this is fucking it's a lot. And it's great, but it is a little lot. Um, but but the frame of animation is allows for much more than the frame of live action inside of a budget. And one of the beautiful things about the Wachowskis, and one of the reasons why. Their movies feel so uh, are capable of like grasping at this the same feeling that animation and especially anime achieves is that that they straight up are just like no what if we 
What if we fucking went for it, for it, damn it? What if we spent every last, last fucking penny? And what if we went out and we found actors who, like, the insurance was affordable, we could do all these different things, and we could make a movie that may, may not be bankable, but will be a fucking bucket and a half of imagination. That's what the Matrix is. That's what Speed Racer is. Yeah, they, they make live-action Speed Racer. Um, and, and that's what they're ascending is, only. Jupiter Ascending is... Um, just a rough synopsis. It is a story about, like, a reincarnated, like, a girl played by Mila Kunis, Kunis the re reincarnation of a, a like, cel celestial royal mother. And it is it's a story of meeting all of, like, that that family's children. That family's, like, like that family's, like, like Earth tier of like fear of children, one of which is the like ultimate evil was played by Eddie Redbane, and or Eddie Redbane, and it's just like it's got it's got this space opera, opera quality that feels like like the moments when you meet um full frontal in Gundam uniform, like when you you meet. Eddie Redmayne, main character, Redmayne's character, um, Balam, um, Abraxas, you're like, you're meeting a space royal. You're meeting, like, you're me meeting dude with the laser clown in the, the in fucking Floss's box, like, in front of you. And all of the, like, and they spend the money, the effects money, money, and like the costuming money, and all all that stuff. Make him that way. And Eddie Redmayne, and Redmayne, speaking this like very, very hushed tone because I have so much money that I can afford not to be at any point unless unless anger me, and it. It captures this ethereal royalty, like a serial impium that feels like something from the universe of Gundam or the universe of, um, what's it called? Um, what's that huge fucking massive, um, um, uh, the massive, um, to galactic, like space opera, war story, um, anime that everybody watched, but nobody, nobody does, except, except for the people who have. And so, like, like that's one aspect that's very clearly inspired by anime. And there are plenty of aspects of Jupiter's ending that are clearly inspired by, um, um just sci-fi. Like the, the main character, the um, like a male lead played by Sean Bean, um, is just is a like Lycan character. He's like this mutated, chimeric human character. Um, the the lead actress in this movie, the main character, Mila Kunis. 
she, she plays a very interesting variant of an anime protagonist in that, that she is in this world, but this, this world will continue to happen whether she, she's there or not. It, it um, in, a, in a lot of ways, this feels like, uh, this feels like a Gundam show without Gundams in that, like, the main character just just like stare up in into everything constantly like like oh fuck and because she is like thrown into this world of royal royalty because she is supposedly the reincarnation of their mother so she, so so she gets like gets the keys to the kingdom as long as she like goes and files the paperwork down at like death two or whatever but when I say that I mean. They took the time, <laughs> and this is this is this this is really what I appreciate about the Wachowskis is because they they have spent the kind of time that that like, I have I have spent watching anime, and even even you have spent watching anime, and because of that, they. They have appreciation for the same weirdo fucking things that we do. And, and they are like fully willing to put them in the movie. So, whereas the, a, different, a different movie would, would be, be like, okay, we're just gonna, gonna gloss over that. We're just, just gonna gloss over this. We're gonna find a story way to gloss over this one section. This um movie is like no. We go to the space DMV, <laughs> and they take you through this like 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 I insane fucking. Sequence of like, like her going from from like div, div, division division of like the space DMV to get like her royalty license reinstated. It just, just it's it's the most most wild fucking thing, thing. conceivable. It's and it, it there are points at which this section. Feel like the part of Cowboy Bop where Spike has to take like a VHS tape to this like old junk dealer, and the old junk dealer's like, "Wow, this is old." And he like, like rummage through a bunch of shit and cram the VHS tape in this like, like Frank fucking yard. Hope, hope it worked. And it, it's all so. It's also specific and so finely tuned and and so pay attention to, especially by by the Wachowskis, especially by by the directors. And the Wachowskis gave like the effects team, the makeup team, the like all the teams, the room, like instructions like what they want, want and how they wanted to look. But but then they gave them the, the room to like make the choice and get there. And then there's this one scene very, very like early, like in the first, first third of the movie, where, where you're 
the movie um when it's on earth takes place largely in Chicago and the suburbs of Chicago. Um and like the like, like farmlands in Illinois and they're ha having this chase scene. This like chase all over the city scene and they get to the like like Chicago River and they have this moment in the chase scenes where the Wowskis are are basically like staring all Otaku in face and screaming at them. Yeah, we saw Blue Sub 6 when it came out. We own it on Blu-ray. And we watch it daily. <laughs> like, I, and if you use Blue Sub 6, you mean that initial little, like, when, when um, what's his face, the main character of that, gets into the, the um, submarine for the first time, and they have this, like, kind of, kind of water, like, like, just under the sur surface of the water chase se sequence, where they're dodging and firing friggin', um, torpedoes. That is the, just, like, a section of a chase scene in Jupiter, Jupiter aesthetic. It is wild. They, like, almost go, go frame for frame. It's bizarre. <laughs> and... That's really why I wanted to do to do do these kinds of kinds of moves while I'm talk talk while I'm while I'm in off in this run of, of like anime of like the influence of anime across Western culture kind of thing because because as no two creative people are the same everyone will interpret things differently but. The Wachowskis, Wachowskis, it's not that their ideas are not original, it's that they, they have a very specific, very, still very modern set of, um, inspirations that stood in a, in a period that is, is still kind of continuing in that, like, they're in, they're still inspired by anime, like, like I guarantee you, they sat and watched all of, um, crim of of crimin of of shell and the crim crimson urn or whatever it's called called, which I've talked about on this podcast before. I uh, it it's so clear to me that they the the, the references they're they're pulling from and the things that they're they're thinking about when they shoot when they do their work, that it's, it's kind of wild. Uh, I mean, oftentimes, anybody's watching a movie, especially otaku, otaku like me, or like, their thing is, is anime. The thing they know, know about is like anime. <laughs> and sometimes to a lesser extent, um, movies and music. That, like, I can watch, watch a whiskey movie, especially a movie like Jupiter, and I, and I can be like, oh, this is where they, where they pulled that from. This is where they pulled this, this from. And it, it becomes this nice to have that feeling. It's nice, it's nice as, as a, a, like a, I'm not going to say a modern nerd, but a modern otaku to walk it to like, like sit down to watch a movie and feel spoken to in a way that like most people feel, feel spoken to by other films than old, older films and like, it's like in in way that people feel spoken to, and even I feel feel spoken to some extent, 
by the Marvel movies. In that the Marvel movies are like like all about dropping little pieces of like fan service and of like raw dramas and like reinterpreting stories from old to new to new. Like in the original Iron Man. He, he escaped the Vietnam War, they updated that to be Iraq, and, and they, like, meshed around with his story so it feel, feel more relevant. I, I tried that in um, the last edition, which, which you can go into in the feed in whatever you're using listen to me right now. And, the like I said earlier, the reason why I'm talking about this movie now on this, this podcast is because it, it doesn't... It doesn't really fit into the framework of the Sunday show because I'm talking about a single movie. But it also doesn't... It's clearly, clearly, not, it's clearly not anime. It has so, so many... It has, has so many aspects of anime that are arrived to through inspiration from the anime from the anime anime clearly and inspired th- this um that it's just it kind of it deserve, deserves to be talked about in the same breath even though it is not the same same thing um, um, so uh, and even even um actually what I wanted to say is the the biggest problem with Netflix and its and, and its anime offer for it is if you watch an, if Netflix is one of your one of your primary ways to watch an, anime, a no judgment. They have great original, they have great truly original produced anime on there. But what they also have found is that cartoon animation they don't they don't capture the imagination and don't have the, the clout as as that the, the word anime does. So what they started doing is they've started labeling things that are very clearly produced that are like very clearly really, really produced in America and and visually, visually and like technically divorced from what from what anime conceptually is. And I'm not even talking about the, the like that anime anime is only produced in Japan because because the bottom is. Is most animation is, is the keyframes are produced in whatever country that animation is credited to, and then the in betweens are, are like produced in, in Korea and are some madness. That's just just the way the industry works. But the bottom line is that the stuff that Netflix is offering, offering I'm thinking specifically of. Um, um, like the blood of Zeus or, or whatever the hell that thing is. It's produced in Texas. It's produced within the United States, and like I said, that would be fine. The, the you know, uh, uh, everybody thinks of ban the animated series as a Western cartoon, but it was produced in large part by Japanese animation studios. I I talked about the reinterpretation of Batman to be like this weird Japanese section of Batman that's insanely awesome and different. Um, on the last Sunday edition I did on about about its influence. It's not a border. It's a 
it's almost like it's a state of mind thing. And every every Wachowski Wachowski's movie movie like like Jupiter ending or like the Matrix, you get this. You get shining moments of that peace of mind. You get the fact that Wachowskis have, have bathed in the waters long enough to really understand it. And understand anime as, as a medium and not anime as a branding vehicle. That's a huge, that is a massive problem long term for like for anime is that Netflix is saying like, okay, anything we say the anime anime is the next original anime anime. No, it's not. Blood of Zeus is not. Blood of Zeus is really highly produced American cartoon, and that's fine. In the same way that if you ask the Wachowskis, they would not say that. Jupiter Ascending is a live-action interpretation of anime. They would say Jupiter Ascending is certainly inspired by anime. It's inspired by the like, like feel it as some of some of the heart and soul in it, but it's not what it is. And that that, does, that allows once you allow for for that, you can allow for a lot lot more. You, you can allow for different things to happen, and you can use different. You can crib from all kinds of different places. Um, any red red like it, it because for as much, much as this is a deeply, deeply, deep, deeply inspired film, it it, it is also a. In, in, incredibly dependent on, on knowing things about general sci-fi, knowing things about general like uh, space opera shit, and so the best way I can describe starting Jupiter Sen is other than a brief interlude, and even a brief interlude feels like like this. Have you ever like like? Say on Pluto TV, call middle epi episode of some insanely long um, anime, anime. I've been like, uh, like I don't, I don't entirely know what's going on, on here. but I have enough enough neural knowledge of the medium to like put the plugs in the right holes in the switchboard and like get up to speed on the story. Um, when, when I'm watching Golden Com Com because it's it's like when it first first came out, not not a whole lot of people were watching it, and it like gained in mass, and it like it, to to the point people believe it's like, like a really great show, and it's in its third season currently, and I want to catch up to it. I could have, I have, I could have just straight up been like like, you know what, jump jumping in, jump jumping in the deep end and immediately, straight into Golden Comedy season three episode episode one. I have no doubt I could have done that, but that's not the way I, the way I want to experience the story. And <laughs> Jupiter through ending feels like a middle episode of like a three fucking parter, and you're just like, huh, huh, huh? 
excuse you? Ex explain this shit? I, and, and, like, can I get to the point of where I'm like, oh, no, this makes, makes sense. Absolutely. Should I have, have to? No. And so, like, like even down to its flaw, flaws in the... The flaws in the finishing of this movie, it feels the way anime, like, it has, has like, been produced, used, produced some of the flaws flaw in, in some, like, in, in some popular anime. In, in some not even, even not that popular anime. And that, that requires a, a real, like, a, like, almost over-understanding, like, an over-savish devotion to, to the concepts in the form that, you know, like, if you look at Netflix, and I, I know I'm, no, I'm going back, but it, it bears, it bears hammering in because it, it's a fucking problem. Um, and I might do one of my animated influence, um, Sunday editions about this, that, that. If you go back to, to Netflix's like Netflix original original anime, like um, like Castlevania, like um, Blood of Zeus, like um, there's another one I'm sure I'm not thinking of. It's terrible for me to remember. Remember, uh, those shows are struggling in some in many ways with stuff that the medium of actual actual anime had just moved on from. Decade like like they, I can tell from the trailer they have info dumps the size of horse of actual whale shits, <laughs> in in that blood of Zeus show. I can just tell they have like, like the most dust. You did not need to do this. There's the most insane setup for. Um, Castlevania, which I know people people like, uh, um, that like like ever they're like, what if what if Dracula set up? And all, and all I think is like, man, motherfucker, somebody should have sat, sat somebody should have sat in a chair and watched all of like all the hell thing that exists, including including thing, which is hilarious because because someone needs to fuck the fear turkey, um, and just like understood. That you can like not do the thing. You can you, you don't need to tell tell Spider's origin story over and over and over again. People just accept that it's out there, and if they're interested, and they don't know it. They can go find it out later. You can like compress it in a way that like this is this is absurd. So that that's fine. A and Jupiter ascending. Could have used more explanation. They you they could could have used like a, a almost prequel scene where like you see see um the brat the like Braxis siblings the the, the Abraxis siblings mother and you, and you have like had a moment with her. You flash, flash and then flash forward into Mikunis scrubbing the nine hundreds toilet. For some rich asshole in Chicago. And it just... The whole thing is so... 
the whole of Jupiter Ascending does not exist without the existence of anime alongside it. It's, it's really incredible. The, and Jupiter Ascending did not exist without tons of other sci-fi stuff before it, but like I keep saying, it has such like anime spirit, so to speak, that it it's impossible to ignore. It. It, it. If I can look at something and be like that, that that's just a scene from Blue Sub Six, then it will probably hit most other people people in the face because if if I'm seeing something that deep deep cutty in just like a throwaway scene. You will see other shit in this. You will see, like, oh, that character just full front frontal. Or, char- or, like, this character is just menage or length or whatever. Fuck you see in it. And it... Don't get me wrong. This movie fucking bombed. This movie did, did not well. Um, But but as Zach, Zach Birchie, who he was still alive, said... They just made, like, the Wachowski sisters are just making live-action anime now. And it's hilarious for all of us, all of us because it's like, like we watch, watch one, and then we, like, like sit back and wait for another, another ten years until somehow studio exec, exec gets drunk or high enough to be like, hey, what if we hired the Wachowskis? And they're like, like for what? It's like, we don't know. We'll figure it out when we get there. And Wachowskis are like, like yes, we'll take your endurance studio budget, budget please. And they, they just go off and make, make some thing shit. And so, it just... Like I said, I wanted to do this in the, the episode I did the in, in like the episodes I'm doing, doing up, among the run of episodes I'm doing, doing about um, the anime's influence because it, Wachowski movies are really where you start to feel, feel the influence, where you start, start to feel the cultural weight that anime has had in a super clear, super obvious, with a head way that, that isn't true in most other things. Like, like, what, what that, that isn't, that isn't often cl- true in a way that's interpretative. And I talked about this when I was talking in my first, first um, Animated Infants episode, which is all about, um, like Marvel and DC in the way and how they how they they tried to pay, pay homage to anim, anime participate in in the anime world and I kind of concluded in that episode if you want to go listen to it by the way it's in the feed it's just really the previous episode before this one have fun is that DC really DC focused on being on like Using all the tools to, on like, the first round was like, hey, these like, like DC animators have have them seem even Evangelion by this this specific episode in Justice League, they're fighting an AO unit. It's bizarre, and then they take that they take it a step further and they're like, what if we made something really anime inspired with a cat characters that are that people know but people don't love so much that like if we fuck it up 
or if it's if it's only thing that we fuck a big IP, and that was Teen, Teen Titan, which ultimately became Teen Titan Go, which is a prime of animation. It, it sucks, but, but um, and I don't, and you can fight fight me, um, but the original Teen Titans is this cool super anime inspired badass action show and then and then finally the latest foray into it is they were just like what if we could give the entire cast of batman to an anime studio and said make weird japanese batman and they're like yes yes absolutely we we will do that and now you get batman batman ninja we've also talked about in this podcast you can find in the feed in whatever you can list me right now but on the, on the other hand, Mar- Marvel has like taken a, taken a bunch of characters and a bunch of like, like little weird half steps into like like the concept of anime, and they're like they don't don't they still don't trust that like they, like they're not gonna turn turn around that they've rehabilitated the character of Iron Man, which not a whole lot of people gave a fuck about for a long time. They're not going to turn around and be like, okay, here's an Iron, Iron Man. Fuck you want. The close, closest they got is the um, um, Marvel MA, which I've t- talked about a glove on this very podcast. Um, but it doesn't doesn't ring the same. And the Wachowski's movies, especially Jupiter Ascending, have this same quality as like the as like Teen Titans. And that like, you can feel the inspiration, but you can also feel that the creators know enough that they are not going to, to attempt to just, just ape the style poorly. They're going to use it as inspiration, and that will allow them to get closer to what is at the heart of both anime and, and what they make, and just, just trying to make trying to make this trying to ape the style entirely or even worse just slapping a label label and calling it a day day and on, on that note if you like this episode i know i know the last bu- couple of episodes have been odd because i've been talking about like live action stuff and influences blah blah blah, blah. but i've always been interested in this stuff so i, I want to talk about it so so if, if you like the episode you can subscribe to me me and the podcast and whatever you need to listen to me right now. If you maybe like X-Men comics and want to hear, hear three idiots talk about X-Men comics um, um, twice a month, so you can subscribe to um, this other podcast I do with my friend um, Lauren and Larry called Uncanny Curves. You can find it wherever you, you're listening to me right now and subscribe and listen, and listen once a two weeks. Um, but until Sunday, when the next Sunday, when the next Sunday episode comes out, I've been Alex, and you've been listening to Lunchbox Radio, and I'll talk to you on, on Sunday.